Montana will inbound. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! At the buzzer, and the Nets win. 120 to 118. I think we see Willis coming out. Here comes Willis. Carter, over to Kidd, baseline drive, Kidd throws it up, oh! How did he do it? Randall on the drive, stripped by Butler, Randall gets it back, Randall puts up a three, bang, bang, Randall knocks down the three, with seven tenths of a second remaining. With full court press coverage on all of the signings, trades, big games, and everything Knicks, Nets, and across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to another episode of Pick and Pod. I'm Owen Kelsey, joined by Joe Masters and Chaz McAdams. Tonight, we have game one of the NBA Finals at 8.30 Eastern Time between the one-seeded Denver Nuggets and the eight-seeded Miami Heat. But before we get into all that, you know, summer just came around out of school, so I want to know how you guys are doing. Um, uh, I'm pretty good. I feel good. I'm in the Bronx right now, so I'm 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 back at campus. It's pretty it's pretty nice out here. Uh, it's it's hot. It's starting to get hot though, and I'm not excited for hot days in the city. Me myself, I'm doing great as well. I am not in the Bronx. I'm uh, still on the East Coast, back in Maryland, but uh. Yeah, starting to get in that job swing of things, so it's nice to earn some money, but keeping me busy. But I'm glad to be talking basketball with you guys today, for sure. Yeah, so before we get into the NBA Finals, Celtics almost did the improbable. They came back from down 3-0, tied up 3-3, and it felt like everything was going their way going into that Game 7. But then first quarter, Jason Tatum rolls his ankle. Robert Williams comes out after the game. He's super sick. So, Chaz, I know Boston guy for you. What what went wrong for the Celtics? What like what stopped them from making history? Like I don't even think it's what went wrong in Game Seven. It's what went wrong in Games One, Two, and Three. Like you're the top seed left in the playoffs, facing facing. Well, I don't think I think Miami had a lot of injuries during the regular season, but they were still uh, like talent wise on paper. I think you take the Celtics team over uh, over that over that Heat team, but. Uh, gate like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, obviously those guys all played up this series and talk about the historical performance from Caleb Martin of all people, pretty brutal. But I think there, I think it was a top to top to bottom issue with the Celtics. I think the coaching, obviously, a lot of people are dragging on Joe Missoula. While I think some of his adjustments were questionable, he waited to. I mean. I think our best starting lineup didn't get put in until game six of the game, game six or game five of the, the Sixer series, the starting Rob Williams. So it's like little adjustments like that, that I, I don't think he, uh, I don't, I don't think he, he was his best coaching and I, I don't think he's really that good of a coach, but I think at the end of the day, Jalen Brown did not step up at all. The guy looks like he couldn't dribble a basketball, eight turnovers in game seven, brutal, True shooting numbers were below average, uh, and and his scoring every everything dropped in the playoffs in the regular season. There was a lot of debate in the, in the Celtics community that I've seen. It's like Brown or Tatum, 
you know, when one performs bad, it's always trade him. There's like trade Tatum talks, trade Brown. And Brown's usually the more consistent one, but Tatum has highs and lows. Like Tatum's highs are above Brown, but his lows are below. I think this series kind of sealed the deal for me personally, at least, that I think it might be time to ship out Brown. I don't think this core is is gonna is gonna make it work. I just don't think they really have that mentality. And I think JT needs to be the guy. So little little trade proposal, like apologies to uh apologies to whoever's doing the graphics. Hopefully they can get this up. But I would send Brown. I would say Brown and Pritchard and maybe a first rounder to the magic for Suggs, Carter, and the uh and and their and their pick in the draft because I I love Jarese Walker and I think that's I think that's about where he'll fall. So uh because I mean they don't really need Jarese Walker because they already have uh Paolo. So I really and I really like Jalen Suggs. Uh I really like his defensive ability. And obviously Wendell Carter Jr. with a three-point shot is scary for any NBA defense to face. So I think Brown, I think moving Brown is the issue to go. The only guys I don't want on the trade rock are Rob Williams, Jason Tatum. Derek White and Marcus Smart. I think everyone else can go. It's it's just I'm pretty. It's, I sound pretty pessimistic, but I'm just demoralized as a Celtics fan that we like we got to seven games and that was really cool. I don't think we should have been in the position to need seven games and to get blown out by twenty plus in like supposedly like the most ruckus arena in the association was just brutal. I've never been I've never been ashamed of my franchise. Definitely felt that uh, this postseason. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching that game seven, I was just sitting there thinking, if the Heat are going to make that shot, like, it's over. Like, I, I don't know how many Caleb Martin one-legged fadeaways that nothing but net. I was just sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, if Caleb Martin is making those, it's it's been a nice run for the Celtics. It's over. Yeah, and I'm sure you were feeling the same thing, Chaz. But, I mean, Kyle Lowry as well, he was hitting contested, like, crazy difficult shots that it's just like it wasn't just a Celtics night. And, I mean, that's not to take away any credit from the Heat. I mean, they played amazing. And you look at how – I know everyone talks about it and harps about it, about how all these undrafted guys – and I feel like the narrative just kind of needs to switch a little bit because Caleb Martin and all these guys are doing that, and you're like, oh, Caleb Martin's doing this. Like, wow. But I think we're at the point now where, like, there needs to be a discussion that, you know, Caleb Martin is a like, really, really solid, good NBA player in this league. Like, he's not just a – Oh, Caleb Martin, like, because I feel like that's a natural re- reaction. But I think at this point, I mean, are we all in agreement that, I don't know, is Caleb Martin a top 75 player at this point or top 100 player? Like, I don't know. Like, is that a crazy thing to say in the playoffs? Like, he's he's putting up 20 a game. Is he someone that can be a six man on a championship team? I mean, he is right now. It's like, what, what's his next contract going to look like? No, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's top 100 player. That's, that's kind of crazy. crazy. That's, that, crazy that's, pr- that's pretty wild. There's people who say, like, you look at Russell Westbrook, who would you rather have, Caleb Martin or Russell Westbrook? Well, I think the issue is, I mean, every that that's what, like, the NBA is so good. And I think at the end of the day, like, you see videos of, like, Brian Scalabrini, like, going to his local rec and just, like, embarrassing people. And he was, like, the worst player in the league. When I mean, I love Scal, obviously, Boston guy. But, he was a meme. He was a meme. He was kind of a joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so – Every every NBA player is capable of going out there and getting destructive buckets. Like they can go out there and do their thing. It's just about the positions that they're put in. I mean, Caleb Martin was like the eighth man on this on this Heat team, but Oladipo and and Hero obviously out. You forget at Caleb Martin's size, he's a power forward. 
listed. Like he plays power forward for them. And he which plays is, like a guard too. Which just goes, I think it goes to show the great coaching by Spo and and how he he is not subscribing to traditional uh, basketball rules with Jimmy a lot of the times being the primary ball handler at the small forward position. I do think that it's a contract year for Caleb Martin, so we will see how his next contract pans out. But I think that I don't think he's a top 100 player. I just think every NBA player is capable of greatness, and it's about the positions uh, that they're put in. And when they can do it, I don't think he's bad. I mean, he's a fantastic basketball player, but the league is too good for Caleb Martin to be a top 100 player. And I'm going to agree with you on that one. I, I really think that he put their players in the best position because you could see a guy like Caleb Martin this offseason. He could leave, get the bag, and then just be a disappointment for another team. And that's really what the whole Heat roster is kind of built around is that all these guys are just coached so well and put together so well on a roster that when you put them on their own, maybe on another team, you're not going to see as much success. And that really shows how good of a coach Spo is because all playoffs, Buck series, Knicks series, and now Celtic series, it's been when are these guys going to regress back to what they were before they came to the Heat? And you started seeing that when the the Celtics started coming back from down 3-0 and then Game 7 happened. But it really doesn't seem like the, the Heat are going to slow down much. So going into this NBA Finals, what do you think for their roster is like the biggest for them when it comes to having to beat the Nuggets, who are the one seed and arguably have looked the best in this playoffs that out of any team? I mean, for the Heat, it's you're obviously at a disadvantage, probably just if you look at the, the rosters on paper, everyone's going to say, OK, the Nuggets, obviously. And also, when you look at the size of the Nuggets, that could be an issue for the Heat. And I, I don't like people who are like just saying, oh, they have Jokic, you know, Heat or Nuggets in four. I think it's really going to come down to coaching and it's difficult because I thought, and I proved that uh, Spo could outcoach every coach that he's gone up against in the playoffs so far, but Mike Malone in Denver is also a very talented coach and a very good scheme they have there in Denver. So it's going to be a tough matchup. I think the heat, you know, just keep needing to play heat basketball, having guys step up uh, playing as a team. And Jimmy is probably the most unselfish superstar in the league. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. You have a guy who, is that kind of alpha male figure? I mean, you saw in Minnesota when he did that whole practice thing when he like played with the third stringers and destroyed the star. Like he has that mindset to him, but you watch in the game and he, you know, he's perfectly fine with Gabe Vincent taking the ball off the court and, you know, getting buckets with a minute left in the Eastern Conference Finals, which is something you really never see with a superstar. So I think it's just sticking to what has gotten you there, and that's playing heat basketball. Totally. I mean, they both both squads have such solid role players and everyone's been stepping up this playoffs. Michael Porter Jr. and Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon for the, for the Nuggets. And, and then you have we, we've already talked about the Heat's role players. It's so funny to me about that Minnesota practice that those third string guys is now who Jimmy is going to be starting the NBA finals with like a guy like Max Struess and. And, and Gabe Vincent are probably guys that he would have picked in that Minnesota practice to be like, you're with me facing the starters. But at the end of the day, I think that the key, the key for the Heat is to try to minimize Jokic's ability to exploit Bam. Bam is one of the weakest defensive centers uh, in terms of team play in the in the league. I think I think one on one, he he's not great, but but he's he's athletic and big and he can he can do what athletic big people can do. But he seems to a lot of the time get lost in rotations. He's not a great player. You want on the switch off the pick and roll or the pick and pop. His his shot contests don't don't really um 
aren't really aren't really that effective. But what I do think he's also going to do is he's going to exploit Jokic's weaknesses. Those um he 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 gets those shots right out of the uh right out of the arc under the basket out of the restricted area. He demoralized Brook Lopez hitting those shots. He can, he went five for five in a stretch one time, and I think those are some of the shots that Jokic doesn't have to see a lot. While I do think he's an underrated defender and an underrated paint presence. In terms of those shots, those short corner, those nice post moves, shoulder jab, shoulder jab, turnaround, gimme. I think that's Jokic's biggest weakness as a as a paint defender, and I think that's going to get exploited. So while people a lot are are saying that uh, Jokic is going to give Bam 60, 70, so, so, something like that, obvious exaggerations, I think Bam offensively is going to step up huge, and I think his ability to handle the ball. Uh, at the free throw line extended and 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 those in in the um in the shallow in the shallow two point area i th- i think it'll go good i think this battle of centers is going to elevate both those players uh to their best potential i think it's going to be a great matchup to watch i agree with you with how you talk about the with bam and jokic these last few series heat fans have been complaining like bam stop playing like a guard and just get in the paint and get a rebound but now this is going to be the series for him to play like a guard kind of play on the outside, play in like the middle, like middle two-point area because like you said, Jokic is not a great defender, but he can he can hold his own, but he gets a lot of rebounds and keeping him out of the paint by having a guy like Bam. I mean, all playoffs he faced AD, but AD was uh not not great during that series. So he didn't really have to worry about him. But Bam is going to be, I think, a huge key for this series because he wasn't great versus Celtics. His best series was probably versus the Knicks when he was able to exploit centers like Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein, where when you were playing a team like uh, the Celtics, you kind of had Al Horford out there. So who's more on like perimeter. So I think that's going to be big for them. But also when you go back to coaching, there's a good, there's a chance that every team that he'd have beat, I mean, a little chance could end up firing their coach. So I think that really shows like how like these losses to the heat have been demoralizing to everyone, but also so what do you guys think is key for the Nuggets to win this series? I know, like, it's kind of easy just to say, oh, they have Jokic, they're the one seed, they're a better team. But, like, more deep into their roster, what do you think is gonna they're going to need to beat, like, this Heat team that still seems underrated? I mean, you know what Nikola Jokic is going to give you. So, you, like you said, just kind of take him out of the equation because you know he's going to give you probably 30, 10, and 10 tonight. Uh, but you look at Jamal Murray – and that's a guy where if he is playing like, well, you know, playoff Jamal Murray, as you've seen, the Nuggets are not going to lose. I don't really care who you put him up against. That's a dangerous team because in the past, they've not had Jamal Murray he's been injured and they've still gotten close. But now that he's playing how he is like bubble Murray, like no one's stopping that team. And then you have Michael Porter Jr. Who's kind of, you know, everyone kind of jokes on him because whenever he gets the ball, he shoots it. You know, Michael Porter never seen a shot he doesn't like. But he's playing good basketball, team basketball, team defense in particular. And then, you know, you have guys like KCP, who is just a what you need on a championship team, a 3-and-D player. And then you have Bruce Brown, all these other role players similar to the Heat, which is why this matchup is so interesting, because they're kind of the same mold in the sense that they have a superstar player that maybe doesn't get all the the fame and notoriety that other superstars in this league uh, do, because maybe they're not the the biggest show-offs or the biggest divas. But they play really sound basketball, obviously centered on their superstar, but they have the role players where if those guys don't show up, it's a completely different series. It's a completely different game. I 
I wish I lived in the Mile High City. I wish I was a. I wish I lived in Denver right now. The way this Nuggets team is is put together is so fun to watch. We talk about people. Uh, we talk about role players stepping up. Every single Nuggets player, whether you look at the top top of the roster down to the bottom, not only has a defined role but has such a unique role. You look at you look at two two second second third option forwards and. Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Those guys have such different roles on this team and different things that they need to do that they've both been excelling at this postseason that this team is so, so fun to watch. But I think the key from the Nuggets, not only obviously play their game and and stay at the, the level that they are at, they got to make the, sh- the heat shoot quick. The, Eric Spolstra manipulates the shot clock and takes seconds off the clock. It seems like he starts strategizing that. In the second quarter, the Heat have such long possessions. And you think they'll take so many shots with, with uh, less than four, less than three seconds to go, and it will go in, and you're like, that that possession takes so long, and you think it's a great defensive possession, but they still get the shot off and they still get the bucket, which is the benefit of having so many shooters in your lineup. They did it against the Bucks, They did it against the Knicks. They did it against the Celtics, and they'll do it against the Nuggets. It's, it's something that no team has been able to stop making them shoot quickly, which I don't know how you do that if you're Mike Malone. I'm sure he's a great coach. He'll try to wait to figure it out. Maybe it's it's forcing middle, forcing people into Jokic and making them take what they think is a good shot uh, with, with giving the lane uh, onto Jokic, but having Jokic step up and have a good paint presence. Maybe it's forcing them off the three and taking some unfriendly mid-ranges. I don't know. But you have to make the heat shoot and make them shoot quick because that drowning out of the shot clock, it adds up over time. You're doing it in the second, third quarter. Most coaches only focus on it with less than 10 minutes, less than eight minutes to go in the fourth. I think that speaks to Spoh's greatness and the heat's greatness. And I think that's what Mike, uh, that's what Malone and the Nuggets have to minimize. It's also demoralizing. I mean, I remember watching that game seven and, and like the, the Celtics, there were stretches where they would go back and forth and the Celtics were getting quick buckets. And you're like, here they come, here they come. And then the heat dwindled that, dwindled that shot clock down to five seconds. And then they hit a, a tough shot. And part of you is like, well, that's good defense. But then you kind of realize slowly, like this is their strategy and, and it builds up and it's like, oh my God, like, here we go. 10 seconds on the shot clock. Jimmy Butler's going to heave up something that's magically going to go in. But it's like, it's happening like you saw we talked about Chaz. It's something that they're intentionally doing. And it's working. At least it seems like they're intentionally doing it. I mean, they yeah. it, it's it's worked remarkably, and it's something that I, as an NBA fan, been watching for most of my life, have never seen before. That level of shot clock manipulation so early in games is unprecedented, at least in the playoffs. And especially in today's NBA, where it's all quick, fast pace. Yeah, everyone wants to be uh, the 2005 Suns, seven seconds or less. Spo is taking the opposite. They're they're taking those kinds of shots. They're getting those those quick threes, those corner step backs, and and those and those heave ups from Bam in the um in in the short post. But it's 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 something that is remarkable, and I don't think talked about a lot uh, from 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 media how, how much they manipulate the shot clock so early in games. And they do this, and then they also they. They bring the shot clock down five seconds. They throw up a shot, and then they get the offensive rebound a lot of time. That's so like early in games. That's so demoralizing to be going and getting three, four possessions, and then just running the shot clock down every single time. And every game, it feels like right at the start, the Heat get off to a fast start. They get a lead, and that's something the Nuggets are really gonna have to stop. 
And that's where a guy like Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a big role in rebounding, I think, because he's a huge, huge small forward. And he's going to have to play a huge role in rebounding because the Heat are going to run that shot clock down every single possession. They're going to throw up a shot. If it doesn't go in, they've been good at getting the offensive board. But if the Nuggets can stop that, then I think the Nuggets will be in good shape. But also when you look at this Nuggets team and the Heat team, both teams that have, both of them have amazing depth. You have Bruce Brown, KCP. Then you look at the Heat with Max Strews, Gabe Vincent. I think that those are the really the key players. You look, obviously, a lot of star power in the series. You got Bam, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and obviously Jimmy Butler. But both teams have gotten here through the play of their role players. So I kind of want to talk to you guys about that. So who do you think in this series is going to be the most important player that's not not the stars? Oh, man. I mean, there's so many to choose from. I mean, Chaz, if you have one, you can go ahead. I mean, th- that's the issue with this series is that both teams, I think, in their respective conferences have the best. I, I didn't think this with the Heat, but I do now, obviously, have the best role players in their in the East and West, respectively. I'm a fan of Bruce Brown. I love, love, uh, love, uh, especially, especially on the Nets, a guy uh, under 6'6 that played like a center. Loved that. Um, I think that the defensive ability of Aaron Gordon is going to be a huge factor in this game, kind of, uh, uh, helping, helping Jokic in those bam moments that we talked about helping off, because I think in the pick and roll situation, a lot of the times it's going to be guard setting screens for, for Jimmy, whose assignment I guess is going to be MPJ is, is going to, is going to be guarding Jimmy. And Gordon's gonna Gordon's gonna have a lot of switches to deal with because while the Nuggets I think uh, have a more traditional roster uh, configuration in terms of their starting lineup, the Heat, as we said before, it's like Jimmy the primary ball handler, three shooters, and Bam. That creates a lot of issues for the the Nuggets in terms of the Heat are gonna space the floor really well, which they've done all playoffs, and in terms of high pick and roll. Uh, sweeping through Jimmy being able to kick out to whoever. And when guys like Caleb Martin, who I designated as a shooter in that lineup can also go for 21 uh, in some games and handle the ball. Like he's uh, been playing point guard for his whole life. It really creates some issues. I, I, I'm I'm on the Caleb Martin train as, as much as it pays uh, pains me to say, I think someone we're going to see a lot of in this series though, is Max Strews. I think he's going to hit a lot of big shots. He's going to get a lot of nice corner threes which the Nuggets uh, have had some trouble with in the past, Max Strews is going to be the role player MVP of this series. To be honest, for me, I'm looking at a guy like Gabe Vincent. I mean, I'm not asking him to be Jamal Murray, but when you have Jamal Murray on the Nuggets, you kind of have someone who can maybe offset that with his own type of playmaking, scoring, facilitating for the Heat. That would be huge. And, I mean, he's shown us that he can hit big shot after big shot, even acting like the closer at some points during this playoff stretch. So I look at Gabe Vincent. I mean, that's someone who, if he's on, he can facilitate for you. Jimmy's not 100%. I mean, it's playoffs. It's the last series. No one's really 100% right now. Everyone's dealing with something. But that takes a load off Jimmy as a playmaker and just says, Jimmy, you just play defense and score and grab rebounds. Gabe Vincent can handle the ball, uh, ball, ball uh, like ball making and passing and playing and all that type of stuff. And I also look on the Nuggets side as you look at KCP, who has been there, done that, 
is a certified you know champion in this league and he can provide that veteran leadership that I'm not saying the Nuggets are a young team but maybe an experience in this exact position you have Jeff Green but KCP recently with that Lakers team he knows what it takes to win and that was in LA where you know he would miss one shot and everyone on Twitter would be tweeting and KCP sucks he would get like death threats like KCP has been there and he's done that and he's not going to be phased by finals now so I think I look towards both teams Gabe Vincent and KCP two guys who if they're both playing well for each of these teams it can be x-factors I agree with both of you and you bring up Gabe Vincent you could argue he should have won Eastern Conference Finals MVP over Jimmy over him you you think Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin Caleb Caleb Martin I I was gonna say Gabe Vincent as my my role player x-factor but I mean Caleb Martin Oh, yeah. definitely. I was going to say should have won MVP, Eastern Conference oh. Finals MVP. Yeah, I mean, I think for the league, you know, maybe they wanted to just have that award, like, for a player like Jimmy Butler with his prestige. But if we're talking honestly, like, the Heat do not win that series. The Heat do not win that game, Game 7, without Caleb Martin. And that's when you look at, obviously, if you ask any player on that team, they're going to say the most important player to our success is Jimmy Butler. And so literally the most valuable player follows that that line of reasoning, but Caleb Martin literally did everything right for them down the stretch, that entire game, that entire series. I don't see how you win that series without him. Yeah. I, I think that if you can give Andre Iguodala the 2015 finals MVP and Tony Parker, the 2007 finals MVP, you can give uh, a lesser name guy like Caleb Martin, the Eastern conference. I mean, if you, you created the award, like what's the point of creating the award so that like the, the, in case whichever uh, conference loses, they still like have the notoriety as they were very helpful in the playoffs. Like it, it, it doesn't, it does not make any sense to me how you create an award to highlight conference play. Like in case like you go up against a stack finals team and it's a blowout, if you're not going to highlight that. Then what's the point of the award in the first place? It definitely should have been Caleb Martin. Should have yeah, been the Celtics. Should have been the should have won the series, but definitely. Oh, yeah, well, the Celtics definitely going in there. Should have won the series, but Heat continues to surprise everyone. I feel like we're forgetting all this, by the way, that the Heat are an eight seed. Like, this is kind of crazy, is it not? And like, they're going into one seed again in Denver Nuggets. Yeah, eight. you can call them an eight seed, but, like, they lost yeah. the first game in the play. And, like, like I, after that, after I saw they lost to the Hawks, I was like, oh, yeah. damn, like, over for the Heat. And they're sitting here in the finals, favored by some, having taken down a one seed and a two seed and a red hot Knicks team. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Like we're not even, I feel like people aren't focusing on the fact that we have an eight seed in the finals. It's wild. They're just shooting the lights out. They didn't do this at all in the regular season at all. And, and, and suddenly uh, like the Sprout, the Splash brothers is, is Max Struess and Caleb Martin and Dave Vincent. Like, I've never seen a jump. I, I mean, obviously what I said before, Heat were injured. I think they would have been a higher seed, but I, I don't think they would have been top four in the East. The East was stacked. I Still though, the, the play from these, the play from these guys in the playoffs has, it's the, the, it's been the most drastic jump from what I can remember from regular season play to playoff play from any team I've ever seen in the playoffs. I, I agree. But, the players that are like, no, not no names, but, that are just out of nowhere, just making a name for themselves and are going to get a bag when they're the free agent. I I feel like we've never seen this before in the playoffs. And also, it is kind of the same roster that was the one seed the year before. I know no Tyler Hero, 
But sometimes you could argue Tyler Hero makes them a worse team. I don't think they should play him. He's supposed to come back for game three. I don't I don't I don't I would think. not play. Don't, don't rush Tyler Hero. You know, let him recover. At, at all. Unless I, I think you play him if you need him. If you're down 0-2, I would play him. Uh, but if you split the series or you go up 2-0. I mean, if you're going home uh with the 2-0 lead, I don't think you mess with the chemistry because this heat team is all chemistry. That's why they're succeeding. And and what you said, the, these guys going out and getting big contracts, it benefits them to play as well as they do because these undrafted guys, these bottom of the roster guys, they're always on short contracts. Mm-hmm. So they have more. We see people playing up in their contract years to go get a bag. Uh, that that with with undrafted players and and non uh non like brand name uh like a home like a home known player. Uh, like these, they they have shorter contracts, so they have more uh, opportunities to step up, and that's what these guys have done. You also that's have to look at it. I know, I, I know you mentioned it, Chad, like this jump from the regular season to the playoffs and the Heat's play, but when you think about it, there's 82 games in the regular season. A lot of it, I mean, you're seeing the scores are way lower, uh, heightened focus on defense. It's way more physical in the playoffs. It's more tactical. With the regular season, it's kind of just – I don't know if it's like you can't say pickup, but it's way more of a pickup aspect where guys are just kind of, you know, kind of hooping, you know, and that's why you see all these inflated scores. And then when you look, go to the playoffs, that's where it really comes down to coaching. And that's why you see so many of these teams who are perennially one, two seeds, the Bucks making these coaching changes, the Suns as well, because they realize it, it comes down to tactical decisions late in game. And that's why you probably are sitting here in the finals and you have Mike Malone, and you have Eric Spolster, arguably two of the best coaches in the league, are the two teams left. So if, if, when you look at that like that way, it makes sense. You know, it comes down – now, of course, the players have to play, but the aspect of the physicality and increased uh, focus on defense in the playoffs as well as coaching is, is kind of a reason for why we're here. So, so before we have to end it off here, I'm going to have to ask you guys, what are your picks? I'm going to start off. I think a huge underrated part of this series is going to be the Denver altitude, Mile High City. You know, we've got the Miami's coming Playing outdoors. Out. What are they? No, the, the elevation in that stadium. All it's, of it's, the Denver altitude. It's it's going to be hard. Miami's coming off what uh, five game series, six game series, seven game series. You know, the Nuggets have had almost eleven days off. So I really think first two games, a good chance we see the Heat go down 0-2. I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets in five. What about you? What do you guys think? Joe, you got it, Chris. Man. Um, I don't know. I'm not really in the business of doubting the heat at this point. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've done it basically every single series, and it has not worked out. I, you know, I think it's going to be – sorry, Chaz, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be close. I think we're going to see another six- or seven-game series. It, like The part of me is just the Nuggets are so good, so talented, so deep as a team. As when you can say the same thing for the Heat, but it's also with, with Jimmy Butler and this Heat mantra, this Heat way of playing basketball, the Heat culture. I don't know. I like them in a finals matchup. I mean, you saw after game six, I was watching that post-game press conference, Eric Spolster. He was like, when we, we want to tip this off right now, I was like, oh man, like this is going to be a good game seven. I think, but the Celtics were like eight point favorites in that game as well. So I'm going to go with the Heat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a seven-game series. I'm going to go Heat in seven. It's very tough. I'm a fan of the Celtics second. I'm a fan of the league first. I think the biggest winner in this series is going to be the fans. 
I think this is going to be some great basketball, two teams with very different styles, but two teams that have also been playing that uh, their eight, their seven, eight man rotations have all been playing NBA finals basketball, the whole playoffs. I mean, when Haywood Highsmith played for 36 minutes in game six against Boston, I, I, I thought I was, there was a glitch in the matrix. I was like, what is going on? I think because of Jokic's ability to space the floor for his teammates while simultaneously dominating his one-on-one matchup, I think that counteracts Jimmy's ability to be a spark plug. I think that counteracts the Struess, the Martin, and the Vincent of it all. Nuggets will win on home court in seven. And bonus question, which guy on the Nuggets do you think is going to be the one to piss off Jimmy Butler this series? Jamal Murray. He chirps chirps so ridiculous. It's going to be awesome. I think think Jokic also is a Tim Duncan, like the chirps under his breath, kind of like you hear KG talk about that, where he's like, where he's like, no one ever hears it besides the – the other nine guys on the court where like, he'll give you a tough bucket and be like, yeah, I got you on that one. I also don't think Bam is also kind of, I mean, he's not, not trying to call anyone out unfairly, but he's, 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 uh, he, he's had some players injured uh, in plays that he's been involved in, in the Knicks and in the Knicks and the Celtics series. So it is what it is. But I don't think Jokic is going to put up with that, yo, because Jokic, just like his Serbian brothers that are always two rows back every game, I think he doesn't put up with any BS. I think there might be – this is going to get testy because both these teams like getting like that. A lot of chirps. It's going to be great basketball, both from a narrative and a X's and O's perspective. I'm very excited for this finals. I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon. You saw he kept trying to start problems with LeBron last series. I think he's so underrated when it comes to the trash talk and starting problems and getting texts out there. So. I'm going to have to go with Aaron Gordon for the person that tries to start a fight with Jimmy. I mean, we had that stuff from a few years ago with uh, Jokic and Morris, but they've said that was like they don't really care about that anymore. But I feel like Aaron Gordon's going to start something that is just going to piss Jimmy off. Aaron Gordon was my pick, but I'm also thinking about maybe Michael Porter Jr. because he's going to be matched up against Jimmy. MPJ, you know, kind of has that superstar mentality to him even though he's not a superstar <laughs> like he likes getting up 30 shots a game so you could see him maybe you know hitting a three and starting talking talking some trash to Jimmy but I mean you mentioned the, the bubble incident I think it's you know water under the bridge I don't is, is uh Marcus or Marquis even on the team anymore like you know he's not he's yeah so, I don't know where he is he's there. I, I know maybe Jokic's brothers will not forget that and you know they'll be there for every game so we could see something Kyle Lowry is still on that team and he was one of the guys that was saying, like, this is my room number, like, meet me after the game. So, who knows? Like, I feel like I kind of want to see some of that because that's what that's what makes basketball so fun sometimes is when you have that, you know, killer mentality on both sides. So, we'll see how it goes. But that's I'm going to so go fun. with Aaron Gordon as well. Bubble, like, like the bubble mentality, this is my room number. Like, that's, like, yeah. so, like, such a niche only, like, basketball fans during 2020 could know. Like, that's right time, that random four-month yeah. period. It's my room key, bro. Like, oh, <laughs> it's my Disney what? resort. Yeah, exactly. So that is going to be all from us today. From Chaz McAdams, Joe Masters, I'm Owen Kelty. So until next time, and Pick and Pod is a production of WFUE Sports.